Welcome to the Master Your Genius Podcast with Keith Cornies. Listen in and learn as he coaches entrepreneurs to master their genius. Here's your host, Coach Keith. Hey everybody, how you doing? It's Coach Keith with Master Your Genius. Just recorded episode eight with Carmen Smith. Powerful, very powerful. When you hear this story, it should change your life. We talked a lot about what Carmen has gone through. What you're going to learn is at the end, which was a wonderful wrap-up, which is a tool belt that Carmen has built for herself through the process of mastering her genius that allows her to be in the moment. Yeah, an amazing process. As she went through these cancer scares and all the stuff that she's gone through, she talks about how she still operated in her business and how, you know, she learned that life was a gift and she learned that, you know, that she wasn't going to just let this tear her down that was going to build her up. And it's an amazing listen. This one's going to be launched hopefully January and it's a perfect thing for everyone to listen to to start their new year. So make sure you tune in to listen to Carmen on Master Your Genius, episode eight. Hey, everybody. How you doing? It's Coach Keith here. This is episode eight of Master Your Genius. The intention for Master Your Genius has always been to share stories so that you can hear what others are going through, what they've done, how they've shifted, and what they put in place to go forward so that you can be inspired to master your genius. Today, I'm with Carmen Smith, absolutely an amazing lady. Carmen and I met three, four years ago. She hired me as her coach. She uh, was working with a partner. The partnership ended up going apart, and we ended up continuing on. Ended up very being a very, very good relationship. Well, I'm going to let Carmen tell you about Carmen. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to just start off, Carmen, if you don't mind, just telling everyone a little bit about yourself. I am a wife and a mother of two children and a successful real estate agent. Mm-hmm. I've been an agent going into my 15th year. Mm-hmm. And I would say I love working with people. I love connecting with people. And I love empowering people. So that's a big part of, I believe, who I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the empowering part we found through our coaching sessions when identifying your purpose, which some of you have heard in other previous episodes. I believe it was episode six where a young man had that kind of epiphany in in a coaching session. Sometimes we do coaching sessions, and most of the times uh, it's a Master Your Genius session. Today's a Master Your Genius session. (laughs) Our coaching sessions, we'd both be bawling. Uh, We we go pretty deep. We we go to the rooted stuff. So what I'd like you to do, Carmen, is if you don't mind just telling the story. Okay, so what's the story that's impacted your life the most? Like, when did you have the biggest shift in your life, and what did you learn through that shift? Well, in 2009, I was lucky enough, due to a strong family history, I was tested for the BRCA1 gene mutation. So what that means is that it puts me at a higher risk of breast and ovarian cancers. So I did test positive to that test, that blood test, and what that meant was that I had 88% chance of developing breast cancer. And I was told that I was, I had one in 20 chance that I already had ovarian cancer. Wow. So I was faced with some pretty difficult decisions. I could either screen to try and keep on top of things. However, there's no screening method for ovarian cancer. And I would be screening every six months for breast cancer. Mm-hmm. I was also told by a surgeon that I was just a ticking time bomb. Like wow. they were just waiting for it. It wasn't if, it was How when. did that feel the day you heard that you heard that news? Like, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. I'll never forget it. I was in a surgeon's office, and my husband was with me. 
And I felt like I had been sucker punched. I felt like I just was punched and slid down the wall. Mm-hmm. The reality of of what we were really hearing and the depths of how serious it was and that I had to make really big decisions. It was almost like out of body. It mm. was just, it was almost too much for to take in at first. And it took a little bit to, to have that all register. Were you angry at all? At that point, I think I was overwhelmed. Mm. I don't think that I was angry at that point. I ended up, a very close friend of mine, had, I didn't know, but as I was letting people know, really close friends know, I was sharing the news and she shared with me that she was stage three breast cancer. Yeah. And so it kind of shifted me right into a really quick reality of here I'm being told that I have this opportunity to get ahead of what she is now being faced with. And I think that that was, you know, she looked at me and just said, you have have no choice. You have to, you have to deal with this. I think that part of it was a huge. And did you like then, you know, become an advocate with her? Did you go through the process with her or what happened with your relationship with her when you found all this out? Like when you found out about her? Well, what ended up happening is we had surgeries very close in time together. So we Mm. both had to endure. Okay. So the, so we got to go back a bit. So you decided. With hearing from Marianne and, and hearing from her say, you know, you really need to take care of it. That solidified. I was already sort of leaning in the direction that I'm not somebody who, you know, wastes time on taking chances. I'm not a risk taker. I felt like this is my life. I want to be here. I want to be here for my children and for my husband. Uh, I'm very lucky with what I have in my life. And she just sort of solidified in me that, you know, don't mess around with this. This is serious stuff. So we both ended up having surgeries. So, so I, you decided to I voluntarily... Did. I have did. both your breasts removed. And my ovaries. So my ovaries and fallopian tubes were removed first in yeah. 2010. The same year, I had a double mastectomy removing my breasts. Mm-hmm. And then I had to wait until the following year for reconstruction. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a process to it with mm-hmm. tissue expanders. and Yeah, it was significant. And we actually walked that journey together. So mm-hmm. we, we went through surgeries sort of at a similar time. The difference for me was, of course, I wasn't going to have to go through chemo or radiation. And she did very well. She was given six months, and she ended up turning that into six years. So in that six-year battle, I was with her, beside Mm -hmm. her. I took her to her chemo appointments, and we developed a beautiful friendship. Mm -hmm. And I think what she really imparted on me in that time that we spent together, because we didn't talk about dying. Like, we didn't talk about cancer. Mm -hmm. We talked about living and dreaming and, and all things, being mothers and wives. And I think she really imparted on me that life is a gift and that mm-hmm. we should not waste it. So that was, I remember you telling me that that was kind of your aha moment. Life is a gift. Yeah. And from that point on, you started living differently. Yeah. For a while there, I went through this phase where I had like survivor's guilt that I didn't quite understand why I was given the golden ticket and she wasn't. Mm-hmm. So I went through this phase. I, I had There was a depression I, I had to battle mm-hmm. too. There, so there was a lot that I had to sort of work through. But I, that was always there. That was always sort of the driving force was that I don't want to waste my time here. I have I have purpose. There's, you know, I was given this gift. So How do you, I had what, to move so through that. So you felt you had purpose. Tell me a little bit more about that. I think with going through something major like this, there's so much that you can learn. And I, I think that it's not meant to take you down. It's actually meant to build you up. That's wow. my belief. Yeah, that's wow. my experience. That's powerful. I think that... 
it's not, you know, it's not how you fall. It's how you get up. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's taught me a level of resiliency within myself that I would never have known otherwise. I love, you know, and we've had this chat before. So tenacity is an amazing word. Tenacity aligned with purpose creates resiliency and you can get around any obstacle. Yeah. Tenacity aligned with fear becomes stubborn. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of stubborn people out there. They have what I call the know-it-all wall that's in the way, protecting them from you know the fear of looking stupid. They're stubborn. They argue. Mm-hmm. They're argumentative. They don't get in relationship well because they're afraid. They're afraid that they're going to be found out or they're going to be afraid that they're not enough or they're going to be afraid that you know something, they're going to lose that relationship. Mm-hmm. So you get rid of that fear of losing that relationship relationship and you realize life's a gift. Mm -hmm. This is meant to build me up. I'm meant for more. Mm -hmm. And I think in walks Coach Keith about that time. Well, definitely. What ended up happening is there was a recognition that I couldn't do this alone. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big piece. And I think that a lot of people think that they're trying to. Mm -hmm. And it's it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to start seeking the right people. I will say that finding the right people has been a, a journey in itself too. Mm-hmm. I think that one thing that I would say is that I don't work with anybody who's not doing their own work. Yeah, I love that. That's like yeah. that's the the Brenny Brown quote. You know, the I think it was Roosevelt's quote of the man in the arena, right? Mm-hmm. If don't listen to the people in the stands, the hecklers, the the naysayers. You know, only listen to the people that are in the arena getting dirt on their face mm-hmm. doing the work. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. And I've found I've loosened up my reins on that a little bit because there's a lot of people out there that are wanting to be in the ring and might need some guidance in there. So I think that's where, you know, I know you're more of a a mentor type now, too, because you started your Stand In Me project, Mm -hmm. uh, which we'll come to in a second. Okay, you get to this process. So the learning is, is life's a gift. Some obstacles get in the way, which is like depression, which you just like brushed over. And I want anybody out there to know that anxiety and depression is way stronger than just brushing over. Yeah. It's, it's got a magnet that just pulls your ass down. Go for help. You know, I yeah. had a great therapist. Gloria McCarter was awesome for me. I had a coach. I still have a coach, Zaina Kunick, which is awesome for me. I was depressed as well at one point in my life that I uh, came through after about a year. I'm sure your depression lasted longer than a minute. So, you know, you, so you get that was an obstacle you got through. Yep. It was once again recognizing that mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't, I needed help. And, mm-hmm. you know, depression is big. Depression was something that I never, I... It's hard to even put into words. Can how. I just can I just add that while you're going through all this, you're selling real estate and you're in the top percentage of all realtors in the community? Like amazing. Yeah. You know, like if anybody's out there and you hear this, <laughs> if you don't have goosebumps hearing that, I don't know what's gonna give you. I got full body goosebumps. Let's- Actually on that, it's quite funny when I had one of my surgeries. I remember coming home from the hospital, and my sister came to to see me, and I said, get my laptop, and at the time, it was my BlackBerry, (laughs) and I said, I've got work, and she was like, what are you doing, and I said, I've got work to do, I've got clients that need me. I think it kept me going. Well, it gives you purpose. It like did. we talked about that. Now let's talk about this. So when I was when we were working together, we came out with empowering lives is mm-hmm. a big purpose for you in, you know, real estate, right? Mm-hmm. So having the focus of empowering lives where you started to focus on that, that's when your business started to actually really take off because you were like you were 
excited to be in a business that you were getting tired of because now it wasn't about selling real estate. It was about the people and empowering their lives. Mm -hmm. It shifted. Everything shifted when I started to hone in on who I really want to be in the business. Mm -hmm. You know, who I, how, how do I want to do business? Mm -hmm. I think that it, it shifted. It wasn't no longer chasing the business. It was defining who I was and, and trusting that the people that need my help are, will show themselves. Oh, that me. was fun because I know you always questioned it. And I'm like, don't worry. If you f and, and the beauty was is I believe that when you're congruent in who you are and you come up with your purpose yes. and then you stand on a mountain and yell it, the people that want you will come and the ones that don't, don't. Mm -hmm. And yours have come. Oh, incredibly. I mean, it's been trust and control were very big factors that I needed to work through. They were they were definitely, they showed up and and I needed to work through them. Well, you know, if, if you listen to your story, of course they were because you trusted your instinct and took control of your life and had that operation. Mm -hmm. And the results ended up good. Mm -hmm. You know, you survived. So why wouldn't you do that? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. so let's talk about, so your business, you end up defining the purpose of your business. You want to work with the right people, the people that are doing the work. Mm -hmm. You're showing up as an advocate for people so that you can empower them. Your business starts to take off. And then you start a project, a sidebar project, another company, loving this, an entrepreneurial mm -hmm. company again. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about that company. So I think that once I, once I started shifting really into recognizing that I had to work through a number of different things, there's a part of me now that wants to share my experience. And I do believe that when we can be vulnerable and expose and show who we truly are and stand in our truth, we can help people. And I think that what I've learned is what I want to do is I want to share that and I want to help women be the be the best that they can be and to really it's been a it's been a journey to come back to myself and to really reclaim who I was intended to be and be able to stand truly in in me and the company is called stand in me right yeah. And what do you guys do at Stand In Me? What's that? Tell me a little bit about that. So far, we've started as we've been holding uh, meditation and discovery circles for women. Mm -hmm. So we've done two rounds, and we're in our, our third, actually, now. So we started Grounded Hope, which was the sort of beginning. Meditation has been a very big part of my healing, getting to that calm place, creating stillness, mm -hmm. and learning to be with me. Uh, was a very, very big part. So Mastering your genius, hey? Yeah, like really. really not allowing the thoughts to take over, creating the thoughts that you want, putting in processes like meditation mm -hmm. to make sure that you are aware and mindful of what you're thinking so it aligns with who you are and your purpose. Mm -hmm. And then saying no to the voices that come in and say you're not enough or mm -hmm. you shouldn't do this or what are other people going to think and, you know, starting a company and stand in me, people are going to think, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. We have to get through that process. And mm -hmm. to do that, we need tools in place, right, to mm -hmm. do that. And that meditation is obviously a, a tool for you. Yeah, I think that we have to, in order to to allow those things to come up, we need to get still. And, you know, you said this was all about building you. And you said that, you know, the empowering and now you're being built. Why don't you just let everyone know exactly what's gone on in the last month when we had that phone call and you told me what was going on. And, you know, so here we are again going in a beautiful direction. And all of a sudden, mm -hmm. what did you find out? So in uh, May, there was a news report that Health Canada had recalled breast implants. Allergan is the company. And they are textured implants, and they are used in most of the breast cancer patients. And I had those implants. Mm -hmm. So 
it's been a that's another <laughs> journey. I was never notified. I about what? What did you find uh, out about those? Well, the, they recalled. So because? Health Canada has recalled them because they are causing another form of cancer. So they're they're causing lymphoma. So you had this preemptive surgery done so you don't have cancer. They give you these implants that mm-hmm. cause cancer, mm-hmm. and they find out they're being recalled because they cause cancer and they're leaking. Mm-hmm. And then you, we have a conversation about, and it was an angry conversation oh, yeah. and a very, you know, why me, you know, not why oh, me, yeah. but here I am again in this process. So continue on. Yeah, so there was, there was, there was a lot of upset around that. I think it's been handled poorly. I still have never received a letter from my plastic surgeon letting me know that that was the implant that was put in me. Mm-hmm. I've never received a letter from the company. Mm-hmm. I had to take it into my own hands, and I had to get on the phone and start making I love that about you, right? Like, let's just get this done. So you decided what? Well, I ended up finding out that I did have those recalled implants, and then I went back to my plastic surgeon who really dumbed it down and said that he Oh, don't! what did he say? Tell me exactly what he said. Well, he told me that I was over-dramatizing a news story and that I was one of three patients that he needed to see that day that all had questions about this, and he should have put us all in a room and told us the same spiel. Which was, "Ah, it's not going to happen to you. He just said, there's one in 3,000 chance, which I would have been one in 3,000, which I take those numbers seriously. Mm And he just said, I don't recommend removing. Now, I had already started the process. I was concerned. And I knew in my body there was something wrong. How hard was it to find an advocate to fight for you with this? You're on your own, right? Yeah, I still haven't found. There was no. There's no advocate. Because when you found out that you had the BCRCH1. BRCA1. Thank you. I shouldn't even have tried. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote it down here to look like I'm smart and I know what I'm talking about. So when that happened, of course, BC Cancer Society, they jumped on board. They're advocates. They helped you. They walked you through the process. They helped you find the doctor. They helped you find the surgeon. They helped everything go along. Long, oh, yeah. because this is obviously a money saver for them because then they don't have to treat it down the road. Right. Then all of a sudden we go fast forward, we come to here and it's like, okay, so now I have these breast implants, you know, one in 3,000 don't work and they cause cancer and everyone's like, you know, please leave a message and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. You call me up and you're completely upset. Uh, we have a long chat and I'm just like, you need an advocate. We need to find you an advocate. There's nothing worse in this world than going through something like this alone. Mm-hmm. And an advocate is someone with power. Mm -hmm. So, you know, someone, an advocate's like, you know, a lawyer that takes you on or a health agency that has a big budget or, you know, somebody that has wisdom that can come with you. Mm -hmm. And this is what I love about your business model now, too, empowering people by being that advocate. You take that role seriously in your business, which is why you do and have a, a huge referral business. On another note, here you are all alone, no advocate, having to dig deep. Of course, your husband's with you, who is an amazing man, and you have your family. Mm-hmm. Still, as a mother and as a wife, you don't want to burden people with your problems, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what about that? How are you dealing with your family and all of these situations? Like, what's going on there? Your direct husband and children. Well, and I think that that's really an important part is that they are watching, and especially mm. the children. Mm. And I think that... It has been a huge opportunity for me to show the kids that, you know, in life, we it doesn't always go smoothly, and you're going to get knocked down. Mm-hmm. But it's it's how you pick yourself back up. And I think the, the gift in it has been that my children have seen 
resiliency firsthand. Well, if you're going to teach strength, you might as well show them strength, right? You're going yeah. to teach them to be honorable, be honorable. If you're going to teach them to be congruent, be congruent. If you're going to teach them to deal with their emotions, be emotional. Yeah, that's right? another big one is this time around, I've let the emotions be seen. Yeah. I, I haven't tried to. I know that I'm strong, but I think at times I've been strong to a fault where I haven't really let people in. Yes, we know that. We And you discussed that your learning was ask for help. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I don't and, have all the answers. Yeah, so ask for help. You learned that, which is awesome. So there's, there's, you know, the theme to our mind, right? The, what you learned was, is I have a gift and I want to take advantage of this and life has meaning. And then you also learned that obstacles got in the way, which was this strength that to do it on your own. Mm-hmm. You ask for help. You get the help. You come through successfully. Now we end up here. Now you're at like round two of the voluntary decision to sit under the knife, mm-hmm. general anesthesia, to go in and have these things removed. Okay. Well, and it hasn't been easy. I mean, it for one, it, I could not um, the wait times for yeah. Surgery. Well, you just had this done what thirty days ago, forty days, sixty not days, even. not even thirty three, days ago, three weeks ago. Yeah, three weeks ago, you were under the knife, right? Yeah. What did they find? Both implants had ruptured, and I had silicone leaking into my chest cavity. And although I wasn't presenting visually, we weren't, we couldn't yes. see. I knew, I knew that I was getting sick, and. I had to move quickly. I knew I had to move quickly. Wow. And I ended talk up. Talk about listening to your intuition or your genius or your deeper yep. knowing. Like talk about, you know, because you could have been like, ah, one in 3,000, I'll follow the doc. No big deal. Oh, it's just a cough or, oh, it's just a yeah. uncomfort. No big deal, right? But you're like, no, something's wrong. I think that's the biggest. And even my surgeon said, I, I'm so grateful that you listened to your intuition. Yeah. The one, this isn't the one that said one in 3,000. No, no, no. This I found a great surgeon Brilliant. who did the surgery. I did have to pay yeah. privately well, to have it Well, if you're not going to invest in you, who is going to? That's right. Business and rule number one, take risk, invest in yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a big investment. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and I'm, you know, now I'm on the healing side of, yes. of things again. And. You know, I, I and think... And the, the results came back? Yes, and pathology's negative, so... And so you're cancer-free. You yeah. don't have any cancer from this? No. So here we are, coming through. We're on the other side. Now we're in the healing process. And meanwhile, through this whole time, you have been an advocate for your clients, mm-hmm. empowering them, helping them with their purchases and sales of their homes, and they love you for that, and there's not a beat missed. So here we are on the other side of recovery. Mm-hmm. You're... Stand in Me project still going, probably needs some attention, which you'll probably bring yeah. back to it, which is awesome. You have a partner in that as well. Yeah, we're planning an event. What's her name? Do you want to give a shout out to her? Yes, yeah, Stephanie Kennedy. Hey, Stephanie, how are you doing? <laughs> Good job. Keep up the hard work. <laughs> we're planning an event for the spring, an all-day mm-hmm. event for Good. women. Good. Yeah. Well, I want to be in that. I want to be in that for sure. Yeah. So now we're here on the other side. Mm-hmm. What are you finding is your mental obstacle right now? I think for me is being patient now. I need to just, I've come through a lot and I need to continue to do the things that work. So you want to be patient. So you're not being patient. What's that? Is that anxiety, worry? What would you call it? I think that there's just... Impatience or... Yeah, there's just a natural part of me that's always kind of been ahead of Mm -hmm. myself, always looking too far ahead sometimes. Okay. So what's too far ahead right now for you? Uh, right now, I'm just really trying to stay very present, okay. and I'm staying. I'm just taking you know the days as they come, and uh, I'm excited for for what those days entail. Brilliant. Yeah. So when you say too far ahead, like three years, two years, and here you are present in the moment, the brain still needs 
a place to go. Because yeah. yeah, if you don't give it a place to go, it's going to create its own problems. Yeah. So what if you had like, let's finish out 2019 amazing. Mm-hmm. You've got 45 days left in the year, 40, 50 days in the year. What do you need to be that's going to allow you to be present in the moment for the next 45 days? So you really, really, you know, what do you need to be and do in the next, you know, by the end of this year? I think I think continuing to do what I'm doing. I think that healing's been for me in the last month has been really really important. Mm-hmm. I'm getting back into my business. It invigorates me. I love mm-hmm. connection. I love working with my clients. Mm-hmm. I love building stand in me. I mm-hmm. think that there's a creativity that's rising in me that I've kind of kept dumbed down a bit. So that part's rising, which I think's really really great. Mm-hmm. Any chance to speak your story again? And I know that you, where where have you spoken your story before? A couple of different places. Voice story. I've done, I've shared the stage at Voice Story a number of times. And I will continue. I'll probably do a more, definitely more of sharing all of the story and, mm-hmm. and that part of me. I think that me listening to stories as I've come through mm-hmm. have been very helpful. Mm-hmm. I find it inspiring. So my hope is that by sharing my story that I can inspire somebody. Oh, I guarantee there's people out there right now. If they don't have a tear in their eye, mm-hmm. if they're not inspired by what you've done, they should be. I am. I'm inspired. I love working with good people. Mm-hmm. So here we are now. You're moving forward. You're going to set short term, just the next 45 days. Yep. You're going to heal. Mm-hmm. What does healing look like? What does that look like to you? Because I don't think you're just like healing the scars, right? I, what are, what else are you healing? Oh, I, I think mentally I, mm-hmm. it's a lot. I think getting back to the things that I know work for me, that I've now kind of created this tool belt of things mm. that I draw on. I love that. That I never had before. Yeah. That I now know. I know what to turn to. So meditation always, my day always begins with meditation. I always have a gratitude and intention practice. Brilliant. Those have been a big part of my life. Journaling has become writing things out and that expression of writing things and releasing things Mm -hmm. is a very, very powerful tool. So I'm using that. Getting into nature, Mm. it's a lot of it's really basic. A lot of it doesn't have to be really grandiose, but I feel like those things ground me. So when you get back to nature, what does that provide you with that you don't get when you're not with nature? It brings me that grounding, that calm. Mm. It brings me that. It, it's like it just brings me back to myself. So if I'm busy and I'm sort of the stress and, and all those things and I'm kind of spinning out of control, I know now I can. I know what's happening. Well, with you're me. aware. I'm, the is awareness awesome. is so different. Which is so awesome. So then I ask most people question. aren't aware that they're in the spin. What I yeah. call the shit spin. That's right. Right? Which has a vortex that just pulls you in it's and you powerful. can't get out of, right? Yeah. So and you notice it before you get into it and then you apply your tools. And I think one really big difference in me is that I'm asking myself what I need. Mm. On I've a daily nev- basis? Yes. Oh. And I've never done that. I've always been so concerned about, I was a very big people pleaser and I was mm-hmm. very big on like trying to be what I thought other people mm-hmm. needed me to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that those were old behavior patterns mm-hmm. and I've changed those patterns. So mm-hmm. now instead of worrying so much about the things that don't matter, I'm starting to come back to myself and saying, what do you need? And sometimes it's the simplest things like, do, are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do, you need, Listen, right? do you need a rest? Do you need space? Do you mm-hmm. need to not be around people? So I would like to say, you know, I think people might do that, but they don't take action on the answer. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, 100%. And I didn't for many years. Yeah, so what, I, what I'd like people to know is, is 
what I hear you doing is is stopping taking your inventory, setting your daily intention, meditating and being in gratitude, which puts you in the moment and mm-hmm. saying, what do I need? And then answering that need and then going forward with the rest of the daily schedule, the kids running around, going to work, helping people, making dinner, whatever we do, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did you do to listen to you? Like you could have had the idea, but not done it. Oh, I should have more water or mm-hmm. I should go for a walk or I should be in nature. It's like, no, no, no. Life's too busy. I don't have time for it. Mm-hmm. How did you deal with that? I think for one of the biggest things was that I spent most of my life avoiding me. I didn't want to be with me. I didn't want to deal with a lot of the things that weren't working for me. Mm-hmm. I had to uncover, you know, the... That old you yeah. had a lot of negative thoughts. A lot. That old you had a lot, a lot of, of negative stuff. chatter, a yeah. lot of, you know, not doing the right things. I had to really change. So now you like papers. being with you? Yeah. You're pretty good? Yeah. 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 I, I just hope that people hear this and they understand that. Get help. Hire a life coach. Hire yes. a therapist. Get hope. Go to, you know, just... This is what it's all about, Carm. Like, I mean, come on. I mean. You don't have to do it alone. No. And you shouldn't. I I mean, I couldn't be sitting here today without your guidance and and your your patient guidance. Like, not somebody who's going to just say, this is what you need to do. Ask the questions and pulled out of me Mm -hmm. what was in me. That Mm -hmm. it was, it's it's part of who I am. And I think that that's really a big part of it. And you need those people in your life. I couldn't, I, I wouldn't have wanted to do it alone. No. No. No, I'm so glad you're in my life. So here we are. We're at the end. Thank you so much for being so honest. I have been fighting back the tears. So just so you know, <laughs> doing the best I can not to show the world that I'm a softie. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing. Thanks so much for sharing. I really, really appreciate it. And I hope everyone out there, you know, I hope you're impacted in a positive way to put things into place, start building your tool belt so you can master your genius. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Carmen. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Master Your Genius podcast. You can rate and review this episode on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Master Your Genius 